0: Welcome to the Bringing the Human Back to Human Resources podcast. I'm Tracy Chernoff, and I've spent my entire professional career in HR. Each week, we'll explore the delicate balance between people and business with the aim to reconnect the two and create meaningful outcomes. Listen in as I share my own experiences, challenge the status quo, and chat with guests from various industries about our mission to bring the human back to human resources. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the podcast. Thank you so much for being here for another week. Before you go anywhere, don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe wherever you're catching this episode, whether you're listening or watching, and um, also follow me on Instagram at HRTracy, and that's H-R-T-R-A-C-I. I realize that many of you just listen to the podcast, which is totally fine. For those of you who also watch the podcast, you can watch on Spotify. You can also watch on YouTube. YouTube also um, just came out with like a YouTube podcast form of like YouTubing. So basically the videos that I've been uploading are also visible as a podcast on YouTube. So if you're into that, you can go right to my um my YouTube channel and you can watch these episodes there as well. But for those of you who are on Spotify, there are some really interesting like uh new updates. So one there's a Q&A and a poll which for most episodes I'll have like Q&As or you know, kind of just like a standard poll. Some have q and some don't, but the poll is usually like, what do you think of this episode? And of course you can watch the episode. You can also just listen if you prefer to just listen. Um, everyone consumes content differently and listens or watches podcasts differently. Um, one thing I'll say about Spotify though, is that you should really make sure that you are following the uh, podcast because if you don't follow, you might not see uh, new episodes, even if you've listened before and maybe you forgot to follow they updated the newsfeed. So it's a little bit harder to find podcasts in my opinion. So it's still an amazing platform. It's why I uh, still, you know, use their podcasting platform for hosting the podcast, but I just wanted to put it out there that you should make sure that you are fully subscribed wherever you're catching this episode, but especially on Spotify, make sure you follow the podcast. Uh, that is the end of my housekeeping for this episode. Thank you so much for your patience. Um, another thing I wanted to let you know about is that I decided to buy an under the desk treadmill. It is sitting to my right, which you can't see it's off camera. Um, but I did post it in my Instagram stories the other day because it's, I I just felt like I needed to move more. And while I use my standing desk all the time, pretty much every day, standing can be like really hard. Um, I have an anti-fatigue mat. I have an ergonomic setup. I've got all of that squared away, but it was the standing for hours and hours and hours. That was really hard. So I did a ton of research, watched a ton of YouTube videos to figure out, you know, what kind of under the desk treadmill I could get and what kind of made sense for me. And so, so far I've been using it now for a couple of days and I really like it. So we'll see I'll keep you posted. If you're interested in the one that I got, it was not sent to me. It is not sponsored. I wish that it was. Candidly, I really tried to find someone that would sponsor me and send me an under the desk treadmill. But alas, here I am having purchased it, which is okay, because I I knew that I wanted it, which is why I first tried to reach out. And listen, I'm nothing if I'm not transparent and honest, right? Um, But yeah, so I got the Go Youth under the desk uh, treadmill. So I'll I'll keep you posted on how it goes. I watched some reviews before buying it and people seem to be pretty happy. So hopefully I'm pretty happy too. So I wanted to start off this uh, episode in saying that this was a, um, a topic suggestion that I received months ago. And I had it written on this janky little um, post-it, which if you're watching, I don't know if you can see it. Yeah, there you go. I have to pull it away from the light, but you can hear it it's a janky post-it. I spilled coffee on it. You can hear it. You hear that? That's that's a coffee spilled on post-it. Um, but I found it <laughs> somewhere on my desk. I think it was probably under some papers or under other janky post-its. And I was like, oh, wait a second. Don't throw this out. I've got to record an episode on this. And the the suggestion was, about resignations and what to do when you quit or when you resign and how to kind of like navigate that. And I realized that this is kind of like on the other side of what we normally talk about. We normally talk about how to prevent turnover and how to retain employees. But of course, we are also employees. And sometimes we are employees who resign. Um, And so I thought, you know what, maybe this is a good time to come back to this. And actually on this janky post it. There's another point here that someone mentioned to me, which was no snow days when working remotely. And this clearly uh, came either from me or a colleague or like a friend that I was talking to because it was snowing at that point. And I remember clear as day that I wrote this down because I was like, ah, you know, that's the one thing I'll miss about not commuting is that I will no longer have the snow day Excuse, if I just you know want to have a day to myself, because when we work remotely, you know there are no snow days. So I just thought I'd share that. But anyway, let's get back to the initial uh, janky posted topic, which is about what to do when you decide that you want to quit your job. I want to I want to take us to or like start us off at the beginning when someone is kind of like working through this decision to resign you're going to go through a lot of emotions you have a lot of thoughts you're you know you're hopefully not getting your emotions get the best of you but um you know ultimately like it is a lot to decide on because you will likely be looking for another job you're probably going to want most people at least want to have something lined up before they leave obviously there are nuances there there are you know factors sometimes that don't allow us to have that if if a situation's really bad Um, and if you've not yet listened to my episode about when I quit my job before the one that I'm in now, why I quit that job in less than three months, you should listen to it because I share a ton of insights as to why I made that decision and why I waited so long. And you might think, Tracy, three months is not so long. Well, if you listen to that episode, you'll understand that three months was very long and I waited until I had a job lined up. But many people and I honestly I went back and forth about it and you'll hear that in that episode. But um, I went back and forth because I was like, do I really need to have a job lined up? And I was like, yeah, I I I want to. Do I need it? I don't know. Maybe financially it was a decision to make. Emotionally it was a decision to make. Career wise it was a decision I needed to make. But um, in the end I think I am glad that I waited because it was less stressful. Even though in the moment the stress of staying in a bad you know, moment or a bad job, a bad company was hard and stressful, but I'm glad that I didn't have to stress about like finances or, you know, finding that job while without a job, you know? So anyway, everybody, teaches each his own, everyone's different, but thinking about that first initial step, like if you are in this decision-making mode where you're either planning to leave, or maybe you have already received an offer, you've been going through the interview process, my best advice, having left jobs for new jobs before, is to get everything squared away ahead of your, um, your impending end, you know exit date. And of course, if you are resigning, and maybe I'm jumping ahead here, but it's just my initial thought, if you're resigning with notice, which you should, and we'll come back to this, you will already know like that you're going to be using that time to wrap things up. But when I say like get things squared away, I mean like document your processes, save things to a shared drive, send people things, make sure people have access because you, even if you're disgruntled, like don't leave people in a bad situation. Leave your role better than you found it. And even if you, even if you hated your experience, hopefully you don't hate your experience and you're leaving for just a a better opportunity or more money or whatever it might be. And you, you want to make sure you don't screw anyone over, get everything, get all your ducks in a row, square everything away and make sure that everyone's kind of set up for success by, for when you leave. Um, so anyway, I realized jumping ahead here, but when you do decide to resign, you one, need to make sure that you have a written resignation letter. And I get it. Like I get feedback from people who resign all the time. Like, why do I need to send a resignation letter? Isn't, you know, my notice enough? No, it's not enough. That's why I'm asking you for a resignation letter. What's going on here? We need a written resignation letter because in the event that someone applies for unemployment or there's some sort of lawsuit or anything, we need to have record of why someone has left because if someone resigns and two years from now there's something, whether it's unemployment or employment verification or something, and your records don't accurately reflect what happened because... It's very possible when an HR person is submitting the termination date and all of that in an HR system that something went wrong. Like it happens. People make mistakes. And the more documentation you have throughout the entire employee experience, the better. And that does not negate the documentation that comes from someone's resignation. So get a resignation letter to your manager and to an HR partner if there is someone, obviously most of you are in HR um, who are listening, but if you have, if your leader is an HR partner and there's someone else within HR that normally would get your resignation letter, include them as well. But at minimum, it has to go to your manager. Now, when it comes to deciding on a notice period, do your best to give notice when possible. I have been in situations where I, you know, every situation where I've moved a job has been for voluntary resignation. I've always left a job. I've never been terminated. Thank goodness. This is a, a a blessing, right? Like There are many people who are impacted by company decisions, but I fortunately have not been. So whenever I have resigned from a role, I've always thought about, well, what level of, you know, what title am I in? What level am I working at? And you know, are there projects that are really intense that I'm working on to decide what my um, notice period is? At minimum, the, be- the I would say like the the minimum that you should offer is two weeks. If you're in the U.S., you know we have we're obviously at will, and at least in most states, um, 49 states to be specific. But you still like you should just think about your relationships. You guys know I always talk about the importance of relationships at work. You don't want to burn a bridge. You never know who you're going to work with, work for, work against. Like just don't burn a bridge if you don't have to. Give them notice. Who cares? You've already been there however long. What's another two weeks? Some companies will say, you know what? We, you know, we have proprietary information. We don't need you to stay the two weeks, but we'll pay you out the two weeks. Fine. There are some companies who are going to push back and say, can you give us more time? That is up to you you don't have to ever feel pressured to give more notice especially if you have another job with a hard and fast start date but um really i would encourage you to provide 2 weeks notice so when you give notice you do want to think about you know what your role kind of predicates in in as you climb the ladder and you kind of like move into roles that are maybe more senior director level vp Um, potentially HR manager also, like it really depends on the scope of work that you have. You might consider more than two weeks. When I left my, um, retail job before it was, so remember I worked for SMCP, the fashion company, then I worked somewhere else for that brief three months. And now I work in technology at Legion technologies. When I worked at SMCP, I did provide um, over a month notice because of the level of my role, because of the the work that I did, the projects that I was on, the team that I led, and all of that. So, um, and I feel really good about that. I was going to give them more actually, um, but I think it just kind of worked out because the uh, other company that I went to that I ended up leaving within three months, they kind of needed a specific start date. And I didn't take any time off, which I, I do regret. Like I think between jobs, it's always kind of nice to have at least a week to kind of reset. So try to build that in if you can. That's my best recommendation. Um, but really, when you think about what you're, what level you're working at, you you might consider giving more than two weeks. It's honestly, it's just the right thing to do. As you, um again, like you grow in your career, there are going to be a lot of people relying on you, hopefully. And you're going to be involved in highly strategic work. and. Two weeks just doesn't cut it. It doesn't cut it for you to be able to wrap up and transfer um, ownership of things. So um, really consider all of that and don't let your emotions get the best of you when you're deciding how much notice to provide. If your company is remote or hybrid, then you know just how difficult it can be to grow your company's culture beyond a pre-scheduled Zoom happy hour or occasional lunch and learn. Well, this week's sponsor is here to solve that. They're called CultureBot. CultureBot has devised what will likely become the gold standard for growing and blossoming a company culture inside of Slack. The app is like a sidekick for any HR or people professional. Automating a lot of the mundane tasks you probably are forgetting to do on a daily basis. Things like birthday and work anniversary celebrations, team shout outs and kudos, employee introductions, and remote games. It even has health and wellness tips and conversation starters. If that piques your interest, this will get you even more excited. Today, I'm able to share a special promotion for listeners of the podcast. You can get your first six months of CultureBot for 50% off. Plus, if your team is under 25 employees, CultureBot is free forever. So if you're looking Looking for a way to create a culture of appreciation and drive increased engagement and togetherness across your team, I definitely recommend checking out CultureBot. Go to getculturebot.com slash humanHR. That's getculturebot.com slash human HR to get the offer. Plus, I've added the link in the show notes so you can just click right there. Now let's get back to the podcast. And if you're in a really crappy situation and you give less than two weeks' notice, don't feel bad about it. Um, it happens, you know. At the end of the day, I just it's just not worth burning a bridge to the point where you don't give any notice. But I will caveat by saying that I know people who have been in really crappy work environments and they don't give any notice because they don't care about burning the bridges there because there were no bridges built. And that's okay. If you can live with that, you're better than me because I can't. Like I just if you've been listening to my podcast, you know I I care a lot about my reputation and the way i'm perceived and that is just the hill that i'm going to die on like it it just is what it is and i know i should probably care a little bit less but i don't and uh so even if i'm in a crappy situation i'm giving some kind of notice um and you know what at the end of the day i feel fine about that so again think through that don't let your emotions cloud your judgment connect with someone that you trust if you are having a difficult time to think about you know giving your notice Obviously not every resignation is coming from like this disgruntled place where you're, you know, trying to give as little as possible, but you're leaving for a reason, even if it's for a better opportunity. For whatever reason, your current opportunity is not retaining you and you're going to be ready to cut the cord. You're going to be ready to move forward. And that emotion too, which I guess we would call apathy, can cloud your judgment. So just, you know, take a logical approach and really think through what, your, you know, goal is, if there's someone there that, you know, you have a good relationship with and that you want to remain uh, connected with, don't screw them over. Don't do it. They will remember. I know all of you can think about someone who has screwed you over in the past. It might've even been like 20 years ago. You're not forgetting. So if the same thing goes in business, we don't forget. So do the right thing. So we covered that. We covered written resignation letters. We covered notice periods. Now, what I kind of prefaced with was this concept of kind of getting everything squared away and making sure that, um, all of your documentation is like a hundred percent. What I did when I left SMCP and I gave the one month notice, I spent a pretty significant portion of that time creating, um, SOWs and basically like, you know, uh, how to articles and documentation for every single thing that i did because i cared so much about that team i cared so much about making sure that they were set up for success and that the transition would be as easy as possible so even things like how to decide on corrective action next steps um who was on corrective actions how to manage and mitigate risk um you know employee relations conversations that were active making sure that people were kind of looped in and that I was starting to CC people that I normally wouldn't have on discussions or emails or conversations that would end up living beyond my tenure there. Um, Also, all of your files that might be saved to your desktop, laptop, the cloud, wherever, you have to make sure that you share those with the team, with colleagues, because there is nothing more infuriating than not being able to find something. And at the end of the day, all of the things that we work on at work, that is company property. So make sure you're not taking it with you. Make sure that you, you know, of course, like there there are going to be things that you've created that you're, you know, probably going to duplicate and take with you. But keep in mind that companies do have pretty firm policies around like retaining any company information. So you have to be really, really careful if you are taking something. I mean, anything that I have um, created and potentially taken with me, I've gotten approval for because it's something that I like created from scratch, for example. Um, but otherwise, don't take it. Don't do it because there are ways for companies to find that stuff out, to delete it from your computer or your USB or wherever, and potentially to press charges. So not to scare you. But I would encourage you, if you have a good relationship with your manager, to talk about things that you have created from scratch that you want to be able to use in the future that you'd like to be able to duplicate and take with you. That's what I've done. And, um, you know, there were certain things that I got denied for, which is fine. But then other things I I got the approval to be able to duplicate and take with me, so to speak. But again, I mean, they were all things that, um, you know, technically, I guess, were my intellectual property, I suppose, but still company property. So when you duplicate those things, typically, if you're getting approval for that, you have to remove any company information, like it's kind of just like a template. For example, a corrective action template that I took um, or that I created, I was able to take because it was just a template. There was no company information there. So um, beyond that, when you're really thinking about transitioning your workload, think about, you know, having, providing as much transparency as possible, starting to make that transition way before your last day. And I know it can be a little awkward when you are kind of going through the motion of leaving and you don't necessarily want to kind of like poison the well with others by making them feel some kind of way that you're leaving. But I think you can, you know, my, my suggestion is that regardless of why you're leaving, keep it professional a hundred percent of the way and be considerate be kind that you, it's completely free to be kind like it costs nothing so doing anything other than that is just not it's gross right like it's icky it doesn't feel good i wouldn't recommend like you know airing your dirty laundry and sharing all the reasons why you're leaving like if someone asks you why you're leaving you can just keep it simple like i i got a great opportunity i couldn't turn down or you know i wanted to challenge myself in a new industry whatever it is keep it light and simple and easy and brief because anything else can it just gets messy and again you don't want to like burn bridges you want to keep your network strong and your co- your connections strong so that in the future if you work together or if you hire someone or someone wants to hire you there's no you know ill will or anything that precedes your new relationship just keep it good um, actually, relationships are, as again, I always talk about them on the podcast. Relationships are so clearly everything that so many people that I know, including myself, have gotten their jobs today because of relationships. I am in the role that I'm in today because of the relationships that I made with the executive team years ago at Legion Technologies when I was a customer of our solution. So it just goes to show you, even if you don't work for someone, If you are working with someone or a vendor or you have a connection, you know, that, like whatever, whether it's a project or something that's connecting you, just remember that that relationship really, really matters. And it it might not matter today or tomorrow, but in 10 years, it could. In three years, it could. So put all of your energy into being authentic and having strong relationships. And of course, it doesn't mean that you're going to like everyone or that you're going to get along with everyone, but do your best do your best. So that, you know, the, that's everything. I think the only other thing that I didn't talk about from a tactful, tactical standpoint with resignations in terms of what to do when you quit is like the conversation that you should have when you've decided that you're going to resign. It is always better to pull your manager aside or in your next, you know, touch base or one-on-one and to tell them, quote unquote, face to face or zoom to zoom that you've decided to resign from your role and your position and to have the courtesy to tell them first. You might have a really close friend at work that you want to tell, but I would really strongly discourage you from doing that because at the end of the day, if your manager is someone that you're, you have a good relationship with, put yourself in their shoes. Like you would want to know first, especially if there's something that actually could retain you this might actually be something I, I should really talk about this before the end of the episode. So I'm bookmarking this in my mind. But regardless, I would encourage you to just tell your manager directly first, even if it's not during a scheduled touch base, like just give them a call and say, hey, this is what's going on. I wanted to let you know as soon as I made the decision. And this is my last day, and so on and so forth. And of course, any good manager is going to, you know, if you're a strong employee. Is going to work to retain you. If you have every intention of leaving, then do that. Don't feel pressured by the retention tactics. It is okay to resign and to follow a new path. Um, But otherwise, if you do decide that you want to stay, this is where it's really helpful if you haven't told anyone else. Because if you've told someone else, then you have to go back and you say, oh, well, actually, I'm not leaving anymore. And then it's like a weird conversation around why. And maybe you got more money. Maybe you got a different title. Maybe you got something else. That just doesn't feel good if someone else maybe is looking for that. And it's just like, it's just not a good idea. Just remember, most of you are in HR. Just do the right thing and be as succinct and direct with your communication as possible through the right channels. Now, the thing that I bookmarked in my mind that I wanted to come back to is a tactic that many people use to get more of what they want, which is they resign and they're actively retained through some sort of measure. I will say that I, have I used this necessarily? Not so much, but it's, it's result. Like sometimes there was one time where I did resign and I got more money um, because I was resigning as a result of wanting more um, money or, you know, getting an offer for more and my the my current company at the time not my it, this is not present day this was years ago um this story so back when this happened i was like really happy i was like okay great i got I got the salary that i wanted but looking back on that why didn't i just go to my manager and say hey i'm really looking for this much more money there are jobs out there I've taken interviews. I don't really want to leave. I just want more pay. Why didn't I do that? I don't know. Maybe it was an immaturity thing. Maybe it was thinking that I had a bargaining chip. I don't know. People feel very differently about this. You'll hear financial thought leaders out there saying, you know, you'll get more money if you leave and you can use this as a bargaining chip. And all of that might be true. But if you really don't want to leave your current role and your current company, then don't. Say that you know, like, put yourself out there. Interviewing is always good, but if you really don't want to leave, I think having the conversation is the first step, rather than resigning and using that as like a, uh, you know, kind of like weaponizing your resignation to get what you want. And I see both sides here. I see why people do it. Look, I just told you that I did this in a number of years ago, but I also see why companies kind of like hold a grudge against that because. If, they, if you are a talented employee and you, you come to your manager and you say, listen, like this is what I need. I don't want to have to leave, but if I don't have this, I'm going to have to leave. Um, and you give them the opportunity to make you whole or to give you what, you, what you're looking for, then you know, a company is going to think, well, why didn't they just have this conversation with us? They're super talented. We could have just done this. And now it kind of like puts a bad taste in a company's mouth. Um, not always. I mean, people people sometimes do resign with the intention of leaving, not using this as a bargaining chip, and then ultimately rescind their resignation, and that's totally okay. But I don't think it's always in our best interest to use or weaponize resignations as a bargaining chip because it can sometimes just make things a little bit more messy or even make your manager or your employer worried that you're just going to resign again. So. I don't know, the jury's out on that one. From a company perspective as a leader, it is not a good strategy for businesses to always bend to the um needs and demands of the employee when they resign just to keep them because it makes it very difficult to sustain. It's really like if there's a, no role open, like you're not going to just create a role. I mean, that's crazy, right? So, from a company perspective putting on like my HR hat as a as a representative of the business, like it's not a good way to run a business. Putting my HR hat out on the on the side of an employee, I get it if it's something that you're using to get more of for, you know, in terms of what you want. But again, I think if you can have an open conversation, that's great. Now, I know that there are employees or individuals out there who are like, well, if I ask for this and I get it, they, why didn't weren't they paying me that to begin with? Listen, companies are thinking about every employee under their organization, right? Like it's really hard to think about each single, each and every individual person, which is why when it comes to like compensation planning and merit increases, that's usually when companies are looking at, okay, where are people sitting? Are they within the um, market rates? Like are they within the range? And do we need to increase? Like are we increasing for, you know, performance and for market adjustment? Like what are we looking at? So. Um, I don't think that we should be so cynical to think, well, why weren't they just paying me that to begin with? Sometimes you do have to make a case for yourself and showcase why you are um, deserving of more. And that's totally okay. You'll become better at articulating what you want and what you need the more often you have those conversations. So um, I see it both ways, but I did want to just mention that point because it, you know, obviously I thought about it in the moment that like, oh, well, if you don't have an intention of resigning, like how do you navigate that? So Hopefully this episode was helpful for you. If you have any questions, please feel free to email me um, at contact at hrtracy.com. Again, don't forget to subscribe, rate, leave a review. Um, and of course, if you're on Spotify, you will see a Q&A there as well and a poll. And if you're not listening on Spotify, that's okay. You don't have to. Spotify is not the only place where you can catch this episode. As you know, depending on where you're listening or watching, so anyway, um, without further ado, I will let you go. Thank you so much for um, being here. I will see you next week. And to those who celebrate, happy Nowruz, happy Ramadan, happy Passover, which is coming up in the next week and a half. Um, I will be on vacation for Passover, and uh, but we have some really nice guest episodes lined up. So thank you again. See you next week. Hey, just before you go, don't forget to subscribe to the show so that you are the first to hear when an episode drops each week. And maybe leave a five-star review and a comment about how much you loved this episode. Plus, if you have someone in mind who would really enjoy this episode, make sure you share it with them. Thank you so much for tuning in, and I'll see you next week.